It's the planet's ultimate game. There may well be a storm brewing here tonight in many senses. What can happen today, we wonder. Welcome back to another edition of Dissecting the Pitch. That's right. The squad is back. Your number one soccer show. You know, we always got the great news and it keeps going. You know, I, I looked at the injury list, you know, the classic injury list. We, you know, me and Miller got called up to the international team. That's why we're here on the show. But uh, one name was left off the squad. A shock to many. But, you know, some could say it was fair. That is the Garrett Kwok, which is why he's not here today, you know. He wasn't included on the international squad, so uh, let's start start off. You know, my uh, my colleague uh, Garrett Kwok always asks how you doing, but uh, my question is, do you think it's fair that we left Garrett Kwok off the international team? Oh, uh, you know, we we've had this uh, similar conversation a few times, and I think you know, every once in a while, it's okay to leave an all right player out of the squad. You know, it's like Liverpool. There's a, it, it my my uh, comparison here will be Liverpool. And how, you know, they got all these midfielders, but they can only start three. So, I mean, sometimes you got to go with Fabinho. Sometimes you got to go with Jordan Henderson. Sometimes you got to go with Wijnaldum. Sometimes you got to go with Thiago. And, you know, Gareth Kwok is the Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. So sometimes you just got to be left out, you know? I think it's a fair comparison. The Oxlade-Chamberlain, don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. He will be back next week. But, I mean, people should be, you know, they're used to this. You know, we did this over the summer with our podcast. You know, when we send him out to the Prune Packers, and now we're doing it again for you on Blaze Radio. But uh, don't don't be scared. We've we've proven that we can do this two man show, and we're gonna do it again for you guys. But uh, you know, they they allowed me. You know, I'm the guy who usually does the Edward segment, but they allowed me to do the creative, and I get to choose what we start off with and what we talk about today. So we're gonna start off in a different fashion. You know, typically talk about our picks toward the end, but actually I want to start off the show talking about how our picks went. And everything, but uh, you know, to start it off, Miller, how do you, you know, you look at your three picks, and I'll and I'll mention them. West Ham went over Fulham, Wolves went over Leicester City, Man City over Liverpool. You know, before we get into the meat and butter of actually how it went, how do how do you feel about those picks? Looking at them now, I I mean, I'm gonna be honest. Going into it, I I felt really really nice about the picks. Obviously, we got West Ham over Fulham one zero. Leicester City, that one was a little bit tougher. And Man City, Liverpool, that was a really close game, a really good game, a game that everybody should have watched. So one out of three, not the greatest in the world, but, you know, it could be better. So so hopefully, you know, next week we'll be, we'll be looking up on things. Yes, and, you know, everyone, you know, also is very interested in how I did. And, you know, I think we got to highlight <laughs> one of the games. And I think one game that we were questioning is the goals, the over goals, at least three. And that game turned out to be a 4-1 matchup. So uh, mm-hmm. I hit big on that one. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you know, I do not hit big on sometimes. But, you know, sometimes the you know, the person gets lucky in Vegas. And I would say that is me in this scenario. But uh, another game we look at, you know, the other, the other game, you know, I'll, I'll say I was wrong. You know, you got to admit when you're wrong. And I was wrong here. 
Uh, Tottenham did pull the 1-0 victory. But let me say, it was until the 88th minute. You know, people can't look be looking at me and saying I was a terrible pick. You know, I got close. Two minutes away. So uh, what is your reaction to that? I was two minutes away from getting that pick right. I would have been two for two. It would have been great picks. But uh, what were your takeaways from the game? And uh, how were you feeling about my pick right there? Um, obviously, you know, at reaction time, when you first made the picks, we didn't feel that great about them. Still don't feel great about them looking <laughs> at them, just based off a of name value. But I mean, you know, you did, you did as well as I did. And you probably got a little bit closer than me because, you know, you picked the over, which that was a really good pick. And, you know, obviously, like we talked about the West Ham or not West Ham, West Brom and Tottenham, that game was close. And Ivar and Huesca was close as well. So, I mean, you know, what can you do? Sometimes it just – it's it's one goal, and that, that's the tough thing about betting soccer is that it's a, a three-way money line. You can win, lose, or draw. So, it, it's it's tougher than regular sports betting, but one out of three isn't the worst. Exactly. I mean, uh, just, you know, again, I like to admit I was wrong about my other pick. You know, just as Miller said there, it was a, actually a 1-1 draw. thought Ibar was going to get the win over the Cup, but, I mean, I guess that's why they're both – bottom league teams because they can't actually pick up the full three points I think both of them are fine with that result but obviously not me because I picked them but uh I mean that we just have to talk about our picks you know we, we you know we're always honest on the show we always got to be honest and you know our picks and don't worry there's going to be more picks coming at the end of the show you know our classic killer time but as we move on we're going to transition into I guess our favorite league to talk about I mean clearly and I think it's because it's the most competitive league, you know, headlines every week and things like that. And that is the Premier League. As we dive into Premier League, a lot of interesting results, as Miller alluded to earlier. And I mean, right now, top of the league, just to tell you how interesting it is, it's Leicester City. You know, it's not that magical season we're looking at that they're so dominant that you're expecting them to drop. But I mean, they're still at the top. Again, you know, some results still need to come in because, I mean, even if Aston Villa gets the three points over Brighton, which uh, many people feel they can do, they technically would be on, uh, tied on top as well. So, obviously, you know, there's there's the ups and downs from it. But uh, when you're looking at this table, Miller, you know, Leicester City, number one, you know, obviously there's not a lot to take away because, you know, we're still early on. But what what does this tell about this Leicester City team? And are they going to have a great season the way that – they're they're playing right now yeah for sure Edwin and I, I think one of the biggest things that we can discuss uh right now is injuries I think the biggest thing in the Premier League the biggest headline so far this season uh outside of you know the table results has been the injuries to all of the squads and um I mean Leicester are you know one of those teams that has had to deal with a lot of injuries they've got a lot of young players coming up uh they've got They've got this young player, 19-year-old center back, Fofana, in the back from France, and he's played really well. Um, they've had some other guys step in, and, you know, Jamie Vardy's 33 years old, and he's still scoring goals like he's 20. So I think that, you know, obviously Leicester is one of the most exciting teams to watch uh, when they play. Uh, they're not a traditional big six, but the way that they've been playing, I think, you know, the last five years or so, They've been one of the definitely one of the more interesting teams in the world to watch whenever they play European football. And I think that it's really cool to see them on top of the table once again. Now, will they stay there? I don't know. But right now they're playing really well. And the one thing I do want to say to kind of wrap back to the picks that we made was when Leicester first won the Premier League, you know, a few years ago, their odds to win the league were 5,000 to one. And I'd be really interested to see what they are now. 
because, you know, they're in first and, and, you know, we're already fixing to be in game week nine or 10. And, and I think that it'll be really interesting to see how they end up finishing the season. Um, but before I hand it back over to you, a couple more teams that I want to talk about uh, that are at the top of the table, Everton fans, you know, Everton fans were really excited because Everton was where Leicester was, you know, a few weeks ago. And, and everybody was saying, oh, you know, this Everton team might be something special, but it's not time to panic. It'll be all right because, you know, this is a very talented Everton squad and their goal is top six and they're going to fight for that. And I think that, you know, down the line, you know, there's been talks of guys like Isco coming in and, you know, James Rodriguez has been hurt, you know, for the past couple of weeks, but he just played against Man United and when they lost three to one to United. So I think that, uh, you know, injuries is another thing, obviously, um, that's been a big thing in this league. But I think that a lot of these smaller teams are playing really well right now, not to mention, you know, Southampton's of the world that's been without Danny Ings for a little bit. Aston Villa has been playing well. Crystal Palace is somehow an eighth. You know, like there, there's these really good uh, smaller teams that are, you know, playing their hearts out right now. So I think that it's really interesting to see uh, – and it's a lot more unique of a league, I think, to see all of these smaller teams kind of fighting for the top spot. And it makes every game matter more and more as it goes on. So, I mean, I don't know, Edwin, what do you, what do you think the biggest headlines so far of, of the table and just the league have been so far? Actually, before I do answer that and go on my little thing, I, I want to ask you, you know, you, you, you know the betting game better than, you know, any of us. So I'm curious, you know, like you said, that Leicester City team, you know, of the past, they, you know, anyone who betted on that won big, you know, and they got big. And now you have them heading into international break. They're number one. Do you think when they're making the odds, they're looking at that season and are a little nervous that like, oh, we got to make the odds a little worse so no one takes Leicester City just in case that same situation happens? Or do you think that the Lions is going to be kind of dissimilar and they don't look into the past and and those results? Well, I think that definitely history is one of the things that kind of looks at it because, you know, you can look at some of the players, not a lot, but a few of the players that are still on Leicester now that won the Premier League, such as Jamie Vardy, you know, when that team did win the Premier League a few years ago. Uh, So I think that you can look at it and say the odds makers are probably sitting there saying, you know, okay, this team has made it more recently than this team, this team, this team, this team. Like they, they probably have better odds to win the title than Tottenham do because they've won it more recently than Tottenham have. And they've had some top, some better finishes of Tottenham have had recently. So I, I think it, it, it kind of just depends. Uh, I, I don't know uh, the exact criteria for uh, how they kind of put, put together the odds, but I can only imagine that, it's definitely probably under that 5,001 mark that it was at uh, a long time ago. And if I can find it, I will mention it uh, when I find it. But uh, back to you, what just, you know, kind of gets your take a little bit on the Premier League and, and some of the top teams and maybe talk about Liverpool a little bit and the injuries that they've had. Yeah, um, I'll give you some time to obviously look into those odds. And I'm very interested, like I said, which is why I asked you. But, uh, I think you made a few key points is, is kind of what I'm going to go into is that uh, firstly is injuries. I think you look around the uh, Premier League and it's just injury plague. I don't think there's a team that hasn't had an injury, rather, uh, whether it be minor or major. You know, every team has faced it because 
you know, heading into this year, we knew that it was still going to be a tough season because, you know, Corona is still, you know, a thing, you know, I, I think people forget, you know, that we're living through a pandemic still and UK are actually in a lockdown again. They're in their second lockdown after the second wave, you know, is, is happening. So you have a lot of things are going on. So these teams are, you know, battling through a lot, you know, how do we handle this? How do we handle injury? How do we keep our players safe? And so everything's on the plate. So this season's going to be tough. So that's why the table is going to look very weird at times. Like I'm not saying Leicester city are not deserving, but I think they're the team that has been the most resilient, you know, because they have faced multiple injuries in that defensive line, as you mentioned. And I even think they even made a TikTok about it where they're like, uh, they joked about like people saying that they were out because of all the injuries they had in that defensive line. But, uh, you know, we've seen those players step up, as you mentioned, there, there's quite a few on that line that, you know, had, had to step in and just play a, a major part. And the reason why they're on the top is they're not making excuses for the injury. And it's kind of the next man up mentality, which I think is going to be huge this season, regardless of the league. You know, we can even go in La Liga and look at Atletico Madrid. You know, why why are they doing well so far? And, you know, why are they looking like a favorite as ESPN FC would label it? It's because they've been resilient. They have the players who are, you know, willing to go through any situation and put themselves in the next man up mentality. So I just think things like that, and you got to look at Leicester and you got to give them credit for, you know, just taking all the situations and just keep getting results. You know, even sometimes you got to take the draw and they got to, they recognize that, but sometimes you, uh, you, when you have the chance to win, they pull through and get that result, which is why they won that, te- uh, won that season. I'm not saying that they're going to win this season, but I just think that they're just doing well, that they're kind of earning themselves a, a look in the top six at the very least by the end of the season. But another thing that you mentioned was the Everton, and I just think a lot of these fans, you know, heading to the season, if we said Everton, you know, we're going to end up top, top six, I think any fan would have been rejoiced of Everton. But now that Everton got a taste of number one and being the best team in the league for quite a while, their expectations are like, oh, we got to be top three or top two or things like that. The fans got to realize, slow down your boat. That team is still good. You know, it doesn't mean they're bad. doesn't mean, you know, we tossed them away. It doesn't mean that they're not legit. It's just sometimes the fans' expectations change like that. And sometimes they're unrealistic. And now I think this is kind of humbling that humbling them a bit and giving them realization, oh, maybe, you know what, our, you got to realize our actual expectation is top six. It's not to be uh, number one or number two competing for the top of the league. You know, we, we can build toward that. Like you, like you said, create a culture where we're going to bring even more players in and then we're going to be fighting for that top spot. So I think that's big. But, I mean, when I look at there, – there's just a few shocks. You know, when you look at the league, I mean, Southampton being number four, Leicester City being number one, Aston Villa six. And if they do win because they're a game behind, they would be top, uh, tied for the top. And then there's just teams that are underperforming in the sense that Maine United, obviously I'm not saying that they're going to stay down there, but just how, how this season has gone Premier League, I don't think any Maine United expected it. I, I, you know, I think any fan would agree about that. Um, Le- Leeds United, again, I'm very high on the team, but they're talented. They should be – 9-15, I'm not saying they're a top, you know, six kind of caliber, but they should not be looking toward the bottom of the league fighting relegation, which they, in a sense, are right now. Obviously, it's way too early to call, but they should be in that kind of 12 and up uh, category where they feel safe. And that goes with West Ham. You're, you're a big club. I mean, you have all these resources. You're spending a lot. Don't, don't be fighting for the bottom. So just scenarios like that, I think, are, are what shocked me. But, uh, you know, before I push it back to you, um, Another uh, big headline now is Liverpool and how injury played they are. Joe Gomez actually got injured during English duty. So now they're 
down even another defender. And so that kind of that has me worried because now you're going to face a long season where Joe Gomez was supposed to be your Virgil Van Dyke. I'm not saying he was going to be that, but he was going to be your guy to step in and play that role because there's such high expectations around England about who he's supposed to be. But now he's even injured. Now you're going to have to have another defender step in that spot. So this season is not going to go ideal for Liverpool. And I don't think it's going to, I'm not saying that they're going to, they're going to struggle, but this is definitely going to be a struggle compared to last year, you know? And I think this is going to truly tell how good of a manager Jurgen Klopp is that they can rally the next center back and get him in the right position and get the whole team right. Because I think Jurgen Klopp has had a great defensive line and a great keeper to bail him out in a sense and a great attacking. Now your defense is lacking. Now you got to get your teams all attacking top notch and have the next man step in. So I think they're not necessarily done, but I'm now more worried. And I think it's up to Jurgen Klopp to step in. So curious, Miller, how do you feel about that situation? And also, did you find the betting odds of what it's like for Leicester City? If I'm putting down Leicester City win the league, what was the betting odds I'm getting? Uh, so it's funny that I <laughs> I actually made the wrong prediction. After looking it up, uh, Leicester actually have half the odds that they had uh, the last go around when they won the league. So they're plus uh, 2,500. So if you were to put a dollar down, you know, you're going to win. 25 uh and so on and so forth but um you know a couple of these odds are really interesting uh the way that they do it i think that it's really cool that they kind of just do a winner of the premier league and city and liverpool are both tied on odds right now to win the league but they also have another bet which is winner of the league without liverpool and man city so that's likely to say that those two are going to be at the top so you have to pick the third place team and uh, the team with the best odds for that are Chelsea and then Spurs and then United and then Leicester City, which I think is really interesting. But uh, no, I just think it's uh, something that it's unique to look about the the way that people, you know, kind of set the games up to how they're going to be betted on instead of just, you know, watching the game and, you know, saying, oh, I think this player will be a factor. I think it's more, you know, circles and X's and O's and things like that. So I think it's a little bit more interesting. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, the Joe Gomez injury that you talked about is really big for Liverpool. And I, I hope that, you know, a lot of people in the Premier League can kind of capitalize on that and make it a more interesting league. But uh, you want to talk about this MLS bracket? <laughs> I know that's your uh, that's your favorite uh, favorite league in the world, Gareth's favorite league as well, the MLS. Too bad he's not here to talk about it. But uh, um I don't know. Do you want to you want to dive into this a little bit? Well, jump in. Do you have it? Do you have it? So before we jump into that, I think that's definitely our next topic. Um, do you have any you know uh, update? The, what, what do you feel about the Liverpool situation now without Joe Gomez? Like how how's that defensive line? Do you think they're gonna stand up to the task, or do you think you know now realistically it might not be expectation to win the league, but maybe you know second or third place? You know, well, how do you feel about that Liverpool situation now that? Virgil's down and now Joe Gomez is down as well. Well, fundamentally, I think uh, in terms of play style, the way that Liverpool play, you know, high pressing all the time, quick counterattack. The thing is with, with, with the lack of leadership and strength in the back, I, um, without, you know, their two starting center backs, arguably, it, it, it's hard to say because it kind of depends on the time. And especially now, because we're in international break and then, 
you know, they'll play a few more weeks and then, you know, they'll, they'll go on a break again. So I think it really depends on time, but I think that, you know, obviously fundamentally from the tactics wise, it kind of changes the way that Liverpool is going to have to play because, you know, like we talked about before, Alexander Arnold and Andy Robertson are going to be able to push all the way down the pitch all the time, like they usually do with the insurance in the back uh, without that being there. So I think that the biggest thing, for Liverpool now is the the job is kind of going to be put on the midfielders kind of like we talked we joked about earlier when we talked about you know Gareth not being here but all those midfielders in the middle they're gonna you know Jurgen Klopp's gonna have to find a way to get a lot of creativity and and be able to rotate those midfielders in a way that's going to benefit the rest of the team and the rest of the offense so that that way they're able to score goals but I think that the addition of Diogo Jota uh, to the lineup has been really good. He's scored a few goals in the past few games that they've played. Uh, so he's been looking really well. And he's been giving Roberto Firmino a, a lot of run for his money right now. So I think that that's a really interesting position to watch is what they're going to do, you know, kind of with the top three and everything like that. Because, you know, Roberto Firmino is kind of one of those guys that drops into the midfield, plays more than the false nine role, you know, doesn't get a whole lot of goals, but he he gets involved and he lets the wings push forward and then lets everybody else come forward after that. So I, I think that their play style will kind of have to change and the players that are going to be in the starting lineup are going to have to flex a little bit. But I think that other than that, I think they should be okay for now. They may drop a few points here and there, but they should still be in the race to be in the top, you know, one or two teams. No, that's definitely fair. And, you know, as you kind of mentioned right there, that they'll be still in the discussion. You know, they, they have the players. They have, you know, people that are performing that, you know, they they didn't expect to have this season. You know, they went out to get that Jota and look at how, how he's doing. So you definitely can't rule them out. But I think that will wrap up our Premier League discussion. And we're going to talk about a league that uh, our man who was not called up, and maybe this is the reason why we didn't call him up this week, is the MLS um, you know, we are headed into the playoffs. You know, I think the international break came at a perfect time for these MLS teams, you know, right before the big bracket and everything gave them a little bit of rest and a little bit of unknown. But now we're going to head into MLS, you know, before we had a discussion and, you know, before we make our picks and talk about the top teams, who to look for, and, you know, all those things. I'm, we're going to look at the bracket, you know, and I'm going to discuss it and then we're going to dive into it. But you look at the Eastern Conference playing rounds, you know, obviously due to Corona and things like that. This was a, a different year that they had, you know, those lower seeded teams in the Eastern Conference have a chance, you know, those seven through 10, um, nine and 10 who typically wouldn't make it had the chance to, you know, win, win their game and move on. So we're going to look at those two games and then talk about the whole bracket. And then I'm going to pass it on to you, Miller. But the two games, you know, on November 20th, tune in. I think these are two good matchups. I think they're going to be very tight and uh, seven versus 10 matchup of Nashville, Miami. It's nice to see Miami, a newer team, you know, I don't think a lot of expected to see them there, but they are there and they have a chance to move on to their first bracket and see how things are going. Uh, and then the other matchup is an eighth seed New England versus the ninth in Montreal Impact. And that's another great matchup. And then we're going to dive into what the Eastern Conference, you know. Um, so Philadelphia is the number one seed, the favorites. You know, they had a, such a solid season. Everyone's talking about them. And, you know, just what a spectacular play. They'll face the winner of the lower seed. So let's say Miami wins, they're going to face Miami. But the lower seed of the two winners is going to face uh, Philadelphia. And then uh, they'll, if they win, they'll face 
the winner between Orlando versus NYCFC. Again, a team that uh, did so well last year, but now they're in fifth seed, Orlando being the fourth. Um, obviously, high seed will, will host throughout this uh, throughout this whole tournament. And then on the bottom part of that bracket, number three, Columbus versus uh, number six in New York Red Bulls. Columbus team that I don't think a lot of people expected to be the third seed, but they had a better season than a lot of people expected. So you got to give them a lot of credit. And then on the bottom in the two seed, a team that we, you know, I picked, I think I might pick them again this year, but you guys can't count out is Toronto FC, the, the very experienced team, and they'll face the higher seed of the, of the play-in round. So uh, definitely keep the eye on those matchups. But we're going to head to the Western before I do ask you uh, questions about this bracket. The number one seed of Sporting KC will face San, San Jose. Like I said, there's no plan for the Western. There's just for the Eastern. So that this side of the bracket is already confirmed. So number one versus a Sporting Kansas City. Again, another great, uh, another great team. I don't think a lot of people, even though they're the number one seed, I don't think a lot of people expect them to win truly. But I will get into that in, in a little bit. And they'll, if they win, they'll face the winner of a four and five matchup between Minnesota, number four, and number five, Colorado Rapids. And then on the bottom of that bracket, it's the number three, Portland Timbers. Again, a team just like just like uh, Toronto. You can never count them out just for the experience alone. And they'll face the number six in FC Dallas. And then on the bottom of the bracket is Seattle Sounders, a team that some would even say that's their favorites, who was interesting enough. They'll face the number seven, LAFC, a team that – like like NYFCFC, I think they kind of underperformed a little bit, you know. I think a lot of people expect that LAFC team to be one of the top, but actually they are number seven. So I think a fall for grace, but again, they can still recover themselves and, you know, they can pull upsets. This is why MLS bracket so interesting because what happened this season now doesn't matter. It's now what you can do with your team and who's on form and who's performing at their best. But when you look at this bracket as a whole, you know, before we make our picks, before we, you know, maybe you, you can talk about these specific teams, but when you look at this bracket, what catches your eyes? And, you know, maybe what matchups are you, are you really interested look, look, uh, look that you're looking at right now? Okay. Uh, yeah, for sure. I think the, uh, the, the biggest thing that catches my eye just off the rip uh, would be the first seeded teams. Uh, if you look at both of the first seeds on both the Eastern and Western Conference, you know, those are not teams that, you know, anyone would have expected coming into the season that they would have been the first seed. Uh, so I think that that's really interesting to look at first and foremost. Uh, but then kind of after that, uh, you look at some matchups that are really, really interesting. Um, like you, you kind of already discussed, you know, Seattle and LAFC. Those are two teams that are they're both capable of winning this tournament, winning the league, you know, the past few years. They've been both been really good. But uh, Seattle is one of those teams, as well as Portland, um, and as well as uh, you could probably say Toronto FC that, you know, have a lot of experience. And that's what we've talked about before when we've talked about these MLS tournaments is that, you know, these teams that have a lot of the older players historically and have a lot of success during the season tend to have a lot more success and a lot more just – gas in the tank and experience when they come into the playoffs and these teams end up making the further runs down the line. So I think that those are kind of the three teams to watch. Um, But some of the matchups that are really interesting to me just early on, uh, Minnesota against Colorado, I think should be a really good game. Both of those teams, you know, can play really well when they want to and can play really bad when, you know, they don't want to. So I think that game, 
uh, will be one to watch. And I think Portland and FC Dallas will be a really good game to watch as well in the Western Conference because FC Dallas is one of those teams that's always in the playoffs, but they never go that far. But Portland is one of those teams that, you know, they've been all the way to the championship before. So I think that, uh, you know, this is one of those games that either one of these teams would be a really hard matchup for whoever wins Seattle and LAFC. And then if you look at the other side, um, you know, obviously it's not as easy because, you know, there's these teams down at the bottom that have to go through the play-in. But I think the Orlando City versus NYCFC is going to be a really good game because, you know, Orlando City's kind of come out of nowhere a little bit. They were playing really bad um, last season. And then this season, you know, they, they played the preseason tournament for the MLS. They ended up getting to the final of that. And, you know, look at it now. They're, they're having a decent season. And here they are as, you know, the, the number four seed. And they're playing NYCFC, which is one of those teams that you mentioned can go really far and can do a lot of good things. So I think that, you know, those are going to be the matchups to watch. And is there anything that you think I missed or that you – Oh, so what yeah. was very interesting, right, about what you said is – not that you stole it, but I think, you know, we both think alike very much because, you know, we both – I'd like to say we both have great soccer minds. And I think what I was going to actually talk about is Orlando, because as you said, it was a team that we looked at, you know, when, when it was the MLS's back tournament, we thought, you know, maybe at best they'll make it into that uh, tournament and maybe show up a little bit, but it was more of a team that's trying to figure out what their uh, identity is going to be this season. And with their, with their manager now uh, they're trying to figure out, who they're going to be. Cause I think, you know, when we, we couldn't take them serious in the past, not that they're not a great organization, but you know, they just didn't get the results and they did, they were not a team that could be talked about the way that they are now. Oscar Pereja steps in and just the job that he flipped them there, he flipped them to be a, a legit contender. I'm not saying their expectation is to win this tournament, not by any means, but I think they're already more successful than people expecting them to be, uh, be they're hosting a, a bracket. They're hosting a game, a playoff, in the MLS in the MLS uh, playoffs, you know, I think that's way more than a lot of people expected. And as you said, they made it to the final in the MLS's back tournament. A lot of people question if that was just because a lot of teams were, you know, not you know putting their hundred percent in this uh, tournament and just you know very questions. But I think they proved throughout the season that they're a legit team, and now they did that. So you gotta you gotta applaud Padilla and what he did to that team, and they're a serious threat. I'm, and I, I, I really like them over that NYCFC squad who has been underperforming because last year we took them as a series threat and a lot of us were thinking about taking them as the champion. But this season, I don't, I don't know, because I think that Orlando City team is just more more explosive and just better, better, better suited. So i um, got to give them credit. And I like you said, that Orlando team. And I'm going to highlight the Nashville versus Miami uh, matchup, which is actually a play-in match before we make our picks because I think – both these teams are, you know, the newer part, part of part of this tournament. Both these teams, I don't think, had expectations to do very well. You know, I think they expected to make a push for the playoffs, but I don't think they expected to be where they are, especially Miami, who uh, in the MLS back tournament then did not play as highly as people expected them because I think they people expected them to be in that Orlando spot more than anything, the way that Orlando played, but they weren't that. So both two teams that really want this win because I think it means so much to them to at least make it into that MLS playoff and Miami gets a, a rare chance as a 10 seed to make it into that tournament so you got to truly take advantage of that if I'm Miami and you're making a statement out of the bat 
you don't have to be Philadelphia because I think Philadelphia is a good team and they're, they're, you know, the, these teams deserve first place for a reason because they had a good, a good season. But I mean, you have such a special opportunity being the 10 seed there. So you got to take advantage. So I think that matchup is going to be very good because I think both of them could use the win very much. So for things both in the MLS and outside for the, for the organization, but let's make, you know, let's make some picks Miller. You know, I, I think I'm going to write them down, you know, hopefully uh, we can, uh, make even a graphic so you know we we can keep count of you know our picks you know some more picks in the champions league we like to make graphics but we're gonna make our picks for the mls and i think we have to start in with the playing round the game the matchup i just started actually with nashville versus miami who are you gonna take in that matchup i'm gonna take nashville yeah i i mean as much as i want to take miami I, <laughs> I just think it's truly a big ass for Miami and just for them to be even have the chance, I think is a big reward for them. So I, I agree with that Nashville pick and new England versus Montreal. Who are you going to pick there? That's a real tough one. Uh, I I'm still, I'm going to go new England. I'm still going to go with a favorite and this one as well. Yeah. This one I struggle with because I think <laughs> this, I, I would not be shocked if any of these teams win, you know, I think there's some matches where I'll be like, wow, this matchup, I don't have this person win, but this is truly a 50-50 split where both these teams could clearly come out to win. Both these teams have kind of a different style in their play. So it's just going to be who plays better that day in that moment. I think that's going to be the case for that matchup. But I'm going to agree with you, New England, just so we can uh, keep it fair. I'm just writing that down before we make our picks into that. So we're going to have New England and Nashville move on. So Toronto would play Nashville in this situation, while New England would have to go to Philadelphia and play the number one seed. So let's talk about that matchup, Philly versus New England. Will the number one seed be upset early? No, absolutely not. Philadelphia has been probably, you know, if not uh, the best team in the MLS, you know, for the past however long this season. But uh, I, I'm definitely going to go with Philadelphia. And I think you can go ahead and mark me down as a Toronto FC uh, supporter as well because I talked about, you know, they're – their experience in the playoffs and things like that. So I, I'm going to go with both the favorites once again. Sorry, I'm not exciting. No, again, the thing is, we're not doing this just to be boring. Well, we're doing this in the sense that Philadelphia is truly the best team this season. I'm not saying they're going to be my pick for the championship. I truly think I'm not going to pick them. But just for how good this season, I think it would be a failure for them if they do lose that game. And you're facing a New England team who has to face a match. And then they're going to have to face another one before they hit you. So you clearly have the advantage in both fitness and preparedness. So I like both of your picks because I think both of them are very favorite. I like Toronto even more so that I don't even have to explain about that. But so we're going to look at the other two matches, Orlando versus NYCFC and Columbus versus uh, New York Red Bulls. This scenario, you know, again, I don't want to pick the favorite, but I really like how resilient Orlando's been this season. I, I, I think a lot of people have counted them out. And it's fair, you know, if you pick NYCFC, I, I understand that pick for you. But I just like how resilient Orlando's been this season. You know, every time we counted them out, they're pushing again. So I see them at least winning one playoff game. The next one versus Philadelphia might be a different story. We'll make that pick afterwards. But I'm going I'm, I'm to roll with Orlando. Other side, Red Bulls in Columbus. Now, this one is a interesting pick for me because I think this Columbus team has been performing pretty well. They'll get me wrong and they're, they're clearly the favorite, but this the NY Red, the Red Bulls are one of those teams that fought their way into the playoffs and got a good seed. They, they kind of saved themselves from playing in that uh, play-in. But again, I don't want to be boring here, but if I were to pick who's the favorite and who has the chance to even go further, I'd look at this Columbus team 
and what they've done this season in the Eastern Conference. And, you know, again, I'm going to have to be boring. Uh, I think this might be one of my last boring picks, hopefully, but I'm going to ride with Columbus. But uh, do you disagree or uh, agree with my picks? You know, what, what are you looking at with those two games? Yeah, I like you mentioned the Orlando City and NYC FC game. That's one of the ones that we highlighted early on, saying that's a must watch. And usually, you know, when when you have a game that's a four and a five seed, that's that's probably going to be a pretty close game. So honestly, I think it's going to be really exciting. But uh, I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Orlando City FC, just kind of okay. like you did. I think that you know it's going to be really interesting to watch, and both teams you know, can really turn on the intensity when they want to. But uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Luis Nani and the Orlando City FC on this one. Do you, then, do you, yeah, do you agree with the Columbus then pick, or are you going to go with the uh, NY Red Bulls here? Um, I'm going to go with the Red Bulls, actually, to shake it okay. up a little bit. I, I like it. I was kind of thinking about it before, and I, I'm really kind of glad that you went the other way with it and kind of took Columbus because I didn't want to sound like I was copying you. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to take it on the stretch here and go uh, with the other team in New York and, and hope that the Red Bulls can get it done. No, that's fair. That's a good pick. So I'm going to definitely write that down. I'm going to put Columbus, but you put uh, the Red Bulls. So we're going to look at the other side before we finish this side. You know, we got to give some love for the Western Conference. Look at the Sporting KC versus San Jose matchup. You know, the San Jose team, I think people are writing them out already, I think, because after what Sporting KC, I think Sporting KC is definitely one of the favorite of the tournaments. But I think there's someone else even more favorite in this Western Conference. But again, I'm going to ride with Sporting KC again. I lo- you know me, I always like to make the bold picks. But I just think when I'm looking at this one versus eight, I think there's a clear favor right here in Sporting and I'm going to, you know, as we did last time, we're going to look at the two and seven as well. And I'm going to shock Seattle right away. You know, this LAFC team. Yes. I like them. I think they're a good team and they have the shot. Ch- they have a shot, you know, as a seven seed out of a, a lot of the lower seeds, the team that has the best shot to move far is this LAFC team. But just because the draw, they had Seattle. I think I got it right. So if I'm being honest, if Sporting KC played LAFC, I think I might pick LAFC and make it interesting. But the Seattle team has experience. They know how to win. They're at home. And, and they're the, one of those teams that you never think they're going to make the championship. But experience alone means so much in this tournament. So I'm going to have to ride with Seattle. But uh, what do you think about those picks? And are you agree or disagreeing with any of those two picks? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, you make a good point. Um, I, I really don't like San Jose, to be honest. I don't think that they've had a really talented roster for a really long time. So I think that, uh, you know, the fact that they're here as an eight seed is, you know, it's good. You, you make the bracket and fine, but, you know, you're playing the best team on in, in your conference. And I think sport, Sporting KC is going to deal with them pretty easily. Um, but on, you know, the other game, I'm going to take the other side of the coin as you, and I'm going to take Seattle. I mean, I, I do agree with you that LAFC is probably – the best lower seeded team in this entire tournament. And, you know, they can obviously get it done and can go on a run, but I think that uh, Seattle knows that and they're a number two seed. And like I said earlier, you know, they have a lot of experience. They've been to the, you know, the farther stages many times and, and they can rely on the experience that they've had and, and that they, they know that this is probably going to be their biggest game. Um, heading into it until maybe the finals this could be the biggest game that they play until until they maybe hypothetically reach the finals so I think that they're going to be locked in and ready but I'm going to take Seattle on that game I actually if I misspoke I'm sorry but I meant to take Seattle I meant to take Seattle the 
the game that's going to interest me is the other matches, but we're going to talk about that later. But yes, if I misspoke again, I meant to take Seattle, LAFC. I would have taken them if they face boarding KC is what I meant to say, but I'm going to take Seattle. So, well, we look at the other matchup, Minnesota, Colorado, you highlighted that matchup. So I'm interested to hear what you think about it first. You know, I don't want to take the thunder and always make you go afterwards and make the same picks as me. So, you know, I'll take the copying role in a sense if, if I have to, but uh, the Minnesota, Colorado, Portland, FC, Dallas, what are, what is your head with those two matchups? Um, you know, I think that these are these are probably the two toughest out of all of the matchups to pick because you know these are all the the middle seeded teams are all real close together. Um, I'm gonna start off with the Minnesota and Colorado game. Uh, I'm actually gonna take Minnesota because you know they're one of those newer teams, and for some reason in this league, the newer teams tend to do really well when they start off and. You know, this is still a relatively new team. It's, you know, a couple years old. So I think that this will be a team that, you know, they're going to try and get some silverware early. So I'm going to I'm going to take Minnesota on this one. Uh, And then for the other game, FC Dallas and Portland, it's so tough for me to do this. (laughs) <laughs> not gonna back the boys you're I, I really want to Edwin I really want to take FC Dallas but like I said earlier I said you know FC Dallas they always make the bracket they always make the tournament but they never go far so I I think that that's kind of the reason that I have to take Portland here and I would agree with you on both those picks again I think the most closest matchup as you said is that Minnesota Colorado I think that's truly a game that everyone should tune into because if I'm gonna pick the one is going to have the most drama that could be to the final whistle is going to be that matchup. And like you said, I, this Minnesota team for some reason has come into the MLS and said, I deserve to be here and I'm going to show it every time, you know, and they have, they have showed it. Maybe it's the Patrick Mahomes effect. I don't know what's going on over there. Uh, <laughs> I'm not Patrick Mahomes, excuse me. It's the, they're doing the better than the Kirk cousin, excuse me. Better yeah. than the Kirk cousin. There we go. That's what I meant to say. I was looking at sporting KC and I, and I guess I was thinking Mahomes, but you look at the Kirk, I don't know what's going on over there, but that team has responded to in the MLS and performed very well. So you got to give credit to them and I'm going to pick that. So again, I'll, I'll take the copying role there, but I'm going to look at our match. We're going to go back to the Eastern, uh, you have Philly, Philadelphia Union versus Orlando, and um, I'll go first in that match, and I'll let you take the other matchup, Lee. I really, you know, I love to make bold picks, and I'm looking at this matchup, and I'm saying, do I take a resilient team that has done quite a lot this season and everything that's proven everyone wrong, that's just done everything right? I look at that team, and I say, do they have enough to be – probably the best team this season in in the MLS, you know, because this is time for playoffs, you know. It's not about the seeing anymore. It's about one-on-one matchup. And I really do like Orlando, but I'm going to have to go Philadelphia. Again, this is a boring pick. I, I'm very close to pick Orlando. I'm very tempted to how resilient they've been. They went to the MLS back final and all that reasons. And if you you pick them, uh, more props to you, but I'm going to have to go Philadelphia personally. But who, who are you picking there? I'm actually gonna go with Orlando there. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the first. I I'm gonna take the pick that you know it's it's gonna be a stretch and it's gonna be a tough one. But like we said, they've been playing really well. They kind of found an identity, and you know Philadelphia. Pro- after the they win this first game that they're gonna play, they're probably gonna think you know we're the one seed. We've got this in the bag. But I think that it's gonna be a lot closer than that. And Orlando can sneak in there and probably give them a really good game. So I, I'm gonna take Orlando on the upset there. Props. I, I really like that pick. Again, I would I was very tempted, but when you look at the other match, Columbus, 
Oh, you actually have, excuse me, you have the Red Bulls versus Toronto. I'm going to let you talk about that matchup and who you would pick between your picks of what, what would be the Red Bulls versus Toronto. Okay, I, I don't want to spoil anything yet, but I think Toronto can go really far, and I really like their team a lot. Uh, so I'm probably going to take Toronto there in that game, and I think that, you know, they're going to have really close games until, you know, either they get eliminated or they, or they make it really far in the tournament. So I'm, I'm going to take Toronto there. And in, in my scenario, I have a Columbus matchup versus Toronto, a two versus three, but I don't think it's going to be that tight, as you said. I think this Toronto team is very talented, very experienced, and they're going to take care of business in the matchup. I think all people expect a close matchup, but I actually really like this Toronto team. They're very resilient. they got a lot of experience. So I'm picking Toronto. Like, uh, like you said, I loot them to make it very far. So not trying to, you know, pick uh, tip my pick, but uh, so, you know, we have our semifinals. You know, we'll talk about that, but we're going to move on to the Western. Uh, we both agreed with our, our matchup, so, you know, we, we both have, won't have discrepancies. We'll see if we do with our picks. But I'm actually going to look at the game that I think that's more interesting first, and I'm going to – I'm interested what you hear uh, – what you feel about this. Portland Timbers versus Seattle. You know, I think a lot of these matches are experience versus inexperience. This one is experience versus experience. Both teams have – you know, they could ultimately end up in the championship, and I don't think it would be shocked. But who are you picking between Portland and Seattle in this pick? I'm going to chalk this one up to a feeling and also watching the playoffs last year, you know, Seattle played really well. Uh, and like you said, these are both experienced teams They're both teams that have gone far recently, but for some reason, I think that Seattle, you know, they're going to have to play a really tough LAFC game and that's going to take a lot out of them. Portland, I don't think we'll have as hard of a time with FC Dallas unless, you know, FC Dallas somehow comes in there and pulls off a miracle, but I think that I'm going to go with Portland in this game, actually. Ooh, I like that. I like that pick. And, you know, I'm very tempted to agree with you, but I'll, I'm going to change it up. You know, I'm actually going to roll with Seattle. I like what you said. I think they are going to face a hard team first. I think out of the two matchups, who's going to have the hardest is Seattle. But I like the way Seattle plays in these tournaments. You know, they're very experienced. They, you know, managers very experienced, and they're always set up very well. Again, Port, this experience is not going to help you versus Portland. But I think that LAFC and what they're going to take away from that game is going to help them prepare for Portland. And just them having the uh, higher seed they'll host and things like that. I mean, it's not a big advantage with what's going on. But like you said, I just I just like – I just – out of gut feeling, as you said, I'm out to pick Seattle. So I'm going to shock up Seattle for myself. But you are going to take Portland. So as we look at the other game, uh, we Sporting KC versus Minnesota, are you going to pick up the upset? Will, will the first seed drop? for you i mean you pick down the other side are you gonna pick it over in the western side no i won't i'm gonna stick with sporting kc here i really like what they've done this year not saying i haven't liked what philadelphia has done but um for some reason i just i i think that sporting kc have an easier side of the bracket compared to a lot of the teams that we've talked about uh especially in the first two matchups that they're gonna have to play so i'm gonna take sporting kc there I mean, I have to agree with you. It looks like half our teams we agree with when we get to these matchups. But again, I'm going to agree with you here, Sporting KC. I think they have a pretty light side, as you said. I mean, that Minnesota and Colorado match is good because of what they have against each other. But I don't think when we hit this point, I think they're going to hit their breaking point. So we look at the semifinals. I'm going to go with your picks first, you know, and I'm going to let you pick the final. And then I'll talk about mine because our matches are different. You have Orlando versus Toronto. Um, Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. Orlando versus Toronto is your pick on the Eastern Conference for the semifinals. Who are you going to pick there? I'm going to take Toronto. That's fair. That's fair. 
Uh, do, do you think that's just the experience or we'll explain your pick there? Definitely experience. And like we said, you know, beat experience with beat a horse with experience at this point. Um, but I, I think that, you know, it, it really does matter a whole lot when you get to these stages and, uh, you know, it's so unique that, that the MLS does play this tournament style. Unlike anything else, it's, it's more of an American way to play soccer and finish off the season. And I think that that's really cool, really interesting the way that they do it. But, uh, I'm going to take Toronto. I, I really want to take Orlando, but I can't take them. I can't see them doing really well in the MLS's back tournament and also getting to the final of this tournament. I think that, that might be a little bit too much for them in one season span. So I'm going to take Toronto here. And then for your Sporting KC versus Portland, uh, you know, you have a Sporting KC. Are you going to pick, uh, you're going to pick the top team to go make it? Or are you going to pick the experience again? And you're going to go with this Portland team. I'm going to shake this one up a little bit. I'm going to say Sporting KC. It may be, you know, the the favorite and everything, but, you, you know, rarely do you ever see in tournaments a lot of number one or two seeds make the final. And right now I've got a one and a two seed making the final in Toronto and Sporting KC. Uh, but I really do like Portland. I just, I don't know, Sporting KC have been playing really, really good style of football. And I hope that they can keep that up and be able to beat all the teams and get to the final because, you know, this, that would be a really big year for them. It's not something that Sporting KC does often. You know, when I do my pick, you have your little theme. I think I'm going to do my theme. And my championship is going to be a two versus two. And that is I am picking Toronto. I agree with everything you said. Obviously, I have a different matchup between Philly, Toronto, one versus two. And I think that's, yeah, that's my other matchup as well, one versus two. It's very rare. Again, I that's kind of scary for me, but I trust in these teams and what they've done. But experience is going to win out, you know. Are we going to beat that hammer again? But experience is going to win out, so I'm definitely going to pick Toronto. And I'm going to agree with uh, uh, my pick and go Seattle. I really do like what Seattle's done this season. And I think they're actually the second favorite in this tournament for a reason. There's high hopes. And then, so uh, that's going to be my pick. But when you look at the champion, your matchup is Toronto versus Sporting KC Miller. You know, you're going to go, you're going to bet on this game. You know, hypothetically, you bet on this game. Who, who, who's got your money right now if, if that was the final? I'm taking Toronto. I, I think that, you know, Toronto out of all the games that they're going to play, uh, kind of similar to Sporting KC on the other side. I think that they're going to have a pretty easy road until they get to the semifinal of the Eastern Conference. But I think that, you know, like we said, those late stretches, those late roads, they're going to play a lot of games uh, in the tournament, and so are Sporting KC. But I think Sporting KC are just a little bit, you know, they, they have a less experience and, and less probably in the tank uh, by that time. So I'm going to take Toronto to just wear them down over time. And I would really like this final game to go to an overtime period, maybe even penalties. Who knows? I like that. And, you know, when – in my game, you got the champion Toronto. I'm going to change it, actually. I'm going to go with my Seattle pick. I, I'm back in Seattle Sounders. You know, again, they the toughest task is going to be in, in that game that you chose Portland in, and I'm going to actually run with them. I think they're going to be well-suited after that matchup. They'll beat their top seed at their conference. You know, they face quite a lot, and they're going to head into that tournament versus a Toronto team that, yes, have the experience, but I don't think they've had that test as uh, Seattle have, they're going to be very resilient. We're going to see a very good Seattle team because if they make it through that road, as I pictured and, you know, how I painted it, I think they're going to be the most well-suited and ready. And I'm going to have them, I'm not going to say it's, it's, it's going to be a far match. I think it's going to be a one goal difference of a matchup. I do like it being late dramas and things like that, as you said, but 
I'm going to have to pick Seattle. But those are our picks. Again, you know, we might have to make a graphic for it and whatever, but we got to move on. You know, we have 10 more minutes in our discussion, so we definitely got to move on very quick into our international team discussion. Uh, we have a few games laid out, and we're just going to make our picks and, you know, maybe explain a little bit, but only 10 minutes left. We got Portugal versus France. When you look at that on paper, two very good teams. Who are you going to pick and why, Miller? Uh, simple reasons only. Uh, Wednesday of this week, um, France lost. France lost a really, really tough game to Finland uh, in which, you know, Pogba got taken off. Uh, Varane got subbed on. All these players are kind of moving in and out. You know, Mbappe's not playing. Martial's only ever scored one international goal for France, and he's starting at striker. They lose 2-0 against Finland. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take – uh, Portugal, just because they're in better form right now, you know, Ronaldo's back on the way up. So I'm, I'm going to take Portugal in this, in this game. I'm going to do the flip. Yes. France had a bad game and I, you know, I think Portugal definitely has advantage and kind of will be looked as a favorite, but I think this game will be treated as a bounce back game. And I think it's going to be it mean a, uh, a lot for them. Cause I think the Finland one, I'm not saying it didn't mean a lot, but this game highlight, you know, this is your toughest opponent. You got to beat them and you got to make it a, a statement so I think France are going to win this but next matchup Belgium versus England England team who has you know defender injured now Joe Gomez that they rely on Harry Maguire you know forms questionable things like that are you going to pick Belgium you know that golden age you know that's going to die down or are you looking at England and going to pick them where are you taking out of that matchup uh personally I'm going to take Belgium the golden age team you know they, they've had a lot of success recently like we talked about you know Lukaku and De Bruyne, and, you know, even when Hazard's not there, they have all these other players, Axel Witzel, just all these guys, and especially defensively and in net. Um, but England's another one of those teams that struggled internationally uh, in these breaks. And, you know, Gareth Southgate is going to have to pull his team together and, and show the world that, you know, that they're going to be ready to do something. So I, I'm, I'm going to take Belgium just because they don't really have much to prove in this game. And I'm, I'm going to completely agree just exactly for the reason, just to save time, like you said, but 100% I am back in Belgium as well. As much as I like England, I really do think Belgium's going to pull that. Brazil to why? You know, I'm going to back my boys Brazilians just because I think their talent-wise is just on a different planet and Neymar and all that. But are you going to back my uh, pick or are you going to pick Uruguay? A very good matchup, actually, in that qualifiers. I, I'm actually going to back your boys on this one. I think Brazil are just too deep and – you know, they've been playing pretty all right recently, so I have no reason to see their downfall so soon. Perfect. And Spain versus Germany. Uh, you know, last game before I asked you, you know, any uh, games you got your eye on, but Spain versus Germany, you know, matchup, you know, Spain haven't been the same team ever since that won that World Cup, you know. It's not been the same team. And Germany also, you could say the same thing, you know. So you have this matchup. Who, who are you favoring when you look at the form and everything? Who are you going to pick, you know, in this matchup? Uh, I think this is a really interesting one. Uh, obviously, you know, like you said, Spain haven't been the same team since the, that World Cup so many years ago. But uh, I think that it's going to be really interesting to see because if Sergio Ramos plays in this game, he will take over the lead for the most capped international player of all time. He tied with Gigi Buffon on Wednesday of this week. So if he plays at all, even if it's only one minute of extra time, you know, he, he's going to be, you know, the most experienced so I, I think that that's going to be a really big headline but at the same time I don't know uh 
how Spain's forwards are going to influence the game. You know, obviously, Adama Traore, Rodrigo, all these guys and all these midfielders, they haven't really got a solid 11. Uh, whereas I think Germany have a little bit more of a solid uh, 11 on their side of the pitch, and they've been playing all right recently. So I'm, I'm actually going to take Germany in this game. Yeah, when you look at the 11 versus 11, I think a lot of it, Spain now is focused on their youth, you know, and I think that's good. And I think they're moving. Luis Enrique is finally getting that team to the old Spain team, things like that. But when you look at this game, I think Germany's got to win this game because when you look at the 11 versus 11, I think, like you said, Germany should have the upper hand. And I and I, I trust their form and like their form and the way they're playing more than Spain because I think Spain's figuring things out before the Euro. And I think they're focused on the Euro more than this actual tournament. So I am going to back I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back Germany as well. But, you know, there's a lot of games Friday to Wednesday, Nations League, uh, the Colombia Bowl, World Cup qualifiers, you know, international friendlies. Are there any other games, you know, we didn't talk about that catch your eye, whether that be one of them or even two of them that, you know, you're, you're, you're you know, going to, you know, as you would say, fixing going to watch it, you know, are you going to, is there any games that are going to catch your eye right there, Miller? Uh, to be honest with you, there are a few games. Um, you know, particularly early next week, uh, specifically on Tuesday. Um, it's a quick turnaround for both France and Portugal. Portugal are going to have to play Croatia, and France are going to have to turn around and play Sweden. Uh, Sweden's been playing very well recently. Um, and and there's, there's one other game that I've been looking at um that i'm really interested in and this is going to be right up your alley edwin because you're you're a big carnival guy and i think argentina peru is going to be a really good game next week uh that's another one to watch in south america for me great picks because i think no one talks about peru because i think they're a team that you know they're like they don't have all the talent but they're always deadly you know when they have guerrero on that field and Bonfan, i think they're a different team so they're going to give a test to messi and i think if that if that was a draw. I don't think it'd be a shocker, honestly, from my perspective and people who understand going to be well in the World Cup quality. So that's going to be a fantastic matchup. As you know, mentioned, I'm looking at another game. I think that's very important is the U.S. versus Panama. Panama, because I think the Wales game versus U.S. is going to be very good. But I think U.S. versus Panama is the most important for the U.S. because this is their people that they got to compete against for the qualifiers. This is the, kind of been your toughest task for the last few years. These are the teams you struggle to win. This is where you prove yourself. With your young team, you can compete and dominate this match. I'm not saying you have to go out and drop a 7-0 match versus Panama, but you got to show that you can compete and win against this team with the youth team so that, you know, people are like, wow, this is the team that we got that's undeniably very talented and one of our, one of our toughest tasks in this qualifier. So, I'm, I'm looking at that matchup more than the Wales-US one, personally. But, uh, you know, we like, you know, our as our Garrett Kwok, we like to say, you know, it's the Miller time, you know, the <laughs> Miller picks. And the, you got some international. This is kind of the international Miller time pick. So, uh, Miller, you're looking at a few games. I'm not going to swell, but you're looking at a few international games and picks. So, uh, I don't know if you're going you're gonna to bet the whole house and sink on these games because they're international. But, uh what games catch your eyes and what are you betting on if you, uh, uh, you know, what's your picks of this week? Yeah. Um, so the first game that I want to talk about, and there's, this is tough because I'm going to talk about Mexico and Mexico has two really tough games in the next week. They have to play South Korea and they have to play Japan as well. And both of those games are going to be really tough, but I'm going to really look at the South Korea one and it's going to be a close game. And I think the odds are going to be really good for both teams, but I'm going to take Mexico in the win here over South Korea. I think that 
Mexico, you know, they, <laughs> they usually have a pretty hard fighting squad, but I, I'm actually going to have uh, that be my pick. My first pick is going to be Mexico over South Korea, okay. uh, regardless of who starts. I think Mexico are just going to bring a little bit more passion. Um, USA versus Panama. This is going to be following up the USA versus Wales game. Uh, that's going to happen on Thursday of this week. Um, but I think that USA is going to have a tough game against Panama. They're another one of those teams, uh, you know, in the Americas that are a tough team to play against, especially for the USA. The USA have had a really hard time playing some of these teams that, you know, don't have the deepest rosters. But I want to take USA in the win and this one. And I'm going to make one more surprise pick here. Oh, yeah. All right. At the end, um, we talked about some of these games um, next week on Tuesday. And I'm actually going to pick a little bit of what I think is going to be an upset. I think that, um, you know, obviously Portugal and France are going to play. Um, and then Portugal is going to play Croatia. But on the flip side, France is going to be playing Sweden after that game. And I'm actually going to take a tie in that game, Ooh. a 0-0 tie. So I think that that game is going to be really interesting to watch. And I think it's going to be very close, especially how France played um, Finland earlier this week. So I think that it, it's going to be a bit of a tough week for France. And I think that Sweden are going to have a big night. Um. And, you know, I always have to follow, you know, I'm not going to do the Edwin segment this week, but I always got to follow with the bold picks. You can call this the Edwin segment of the week. And uh, I think Miller always gets a, a, a little, you know, laugh about the picks I do because they're always bold. And I'm going to keep the, I'm going to keep the theme this week and uh, in multiple ways. And uh, I think Miller's going to have to pull up some odds for me because I don't even know the odds of these games. I'm going to go with gut feeling. Now, this one is could be a shocker, but Columbia versus Uruguay. I think Uruguay is clear favorite, just the talent they have and everything. But I like the way Columbia is playing, and I think they're going to be deadly team that people should talk about more. So I am going to pick Columbia to get the win. And what most people consider an upset pick, but I'm going to pick Columbia to win that game. So I am picking Columbia right there. My next pick, a game that no one's going to be looking at. I promise you no one's going to watch. That is Jamaica versus Saudi Arabia. You know, uh, there's four local players from Phoenix Rising who got called up for that Jamaica team. So I really do like the way they're doing it. So I'm going to pick the over in goals, right? Ladies and gentlemen, I could pick the Jamaica win, but I'm going to go bold and pick the over in goals for that matchup. That is Jamaica versus Saudi Arabia. And my final pick, you know, a pick that I, I always give you guys kicks and everything, you know, when I do this. I think a matchup no one's going to talk about. No one's We haven't even talked about this qualifiers, but that's the African Cup of Nations qualifiers. That's right. I'm going to go into that matchup. And I don't know the odds. You know, you might have to look for it after the show, but I'm looking at the matchup between Botswana versus Zambia. You know, I think it's truly a deadly matchup. <laughs> 6 a.m., wake up. You know, 5 a.m., wake up, make your pick here. I'm telling you who you should pick. I'm a go off gut feeling, you know. I, you know, I truly don't know these teams very well, but I'm a bag Zambia, you know. I truly just think that just I'm just gonna go off the flag and uh, the vibe, you know. We're gonna go off the vibes here, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pick uh, Zambia there. So, uh, you know, before we wrap up the show, what do you think about those pick Miller? 
Huh. I actually, I'm not too, uh, I'm not too down about your picks this week. I think I looked at the odds and they're, they're pretty all right. Uh, Zambia and Colombia are both favorites in their games. The only thing is I can't look at Saudi Arabia and Jamaica. They actually don't have a lineup for it, which I'm really surprised that the, that they have Zambia and Botswana line, but they don't have Saudi Arabia and Jamaica. Uh, but nevertheless, those are always interesting picks of yours, Edwin. Uh, so hopefully, you know, they come true and we'll see who does better this week. But, uh, you know, I've had a good time and we've done a lot of a lot of picking and a lot of, you know, discussing a lot of different teams. So I'll let you kind of take, take us home. Yeah, you know, before I actually take us home, you know, I think, you know, we always say the final remarks, final things, you know, I'm, I'm going to let, you know, I'll let you go first and I go first. We're going to say our final remarks toward Garrett Kwok, the man who did not get called up. You know, what are your words toward him, either to inspire him or to, you know, to get him back in the squad? You know, what do you have to say to Garrett to wrap it up today? Um, you know, they, they always say uh, there's an old adage that, you know, like life is like making lemonade and it's, you know, you, you got to use the most out of your lemons and then you add some sugar and you add some water and you've got lemonade. Well, it's never that easy for Gareth Kwok. It's always more complicated than that. Uh, life is never lemonade simply for Gareth Kwok, but I hope that, you know, this is my call to him saying, Gareth, you know, just relax and Take it easy and get your get your mind right and, and make life lemonade and you'll be back in the squad, baby. Exactly. I think you put it perfectly. You know, my words to him is, you know, I think practice makes perfect. You know, I think uh, as our boy Alan Iverson said, though you can't be like Alan Iverson, you say practice. You know, I can't you you can't be missing our training, you know, things like that. You know, you can't be doing them England shenanigans, you know, those those boys who had uh, got kicked off the squad for their today against, you know, I compared them to the Garrett Quacks of the world, you know, that's why we couldn't come, call him up to international duty. And that's why he can't be with us today. So, you know, Gareth, you know, you got to suit up again, you know, you got to put your best effort and, you know, we'll see, we'll see if he does that next week, you know, the man needs to uh, show up for us and, you know, it's not, he'd be right here with us, but again, it's been a great episode of dissecting the pitch. Again, make sure to catch us, not only in the show, you know, this live show that is uh, airs on Fridays, but also our Apple podcast and Spotify that we post. It's a little longer version. You know, we have a little cuts there that we cut out of the regular show because of timing. But in here, you can hear the full one. You'll probably even hear the full Gareth remarks because he's going to be editing this. And I know that he's going to cut what we probably <laughs> say here. But uh, we love you, Gareth, and we're excited to have you hop on next week. But as for this show, you know, I think it was truly a tremendous show. We made a lot of our picks, MLS and things like that. So definitely tune into all of those games, but it's definitely been a pleasure. So thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time on Dissecting the Pitch.